I want to welcome you this morning to a time of, of hearing God's Word, and I wanted to let you guys know as a church family that uh, over the next few weeks, uh, the church leadership has asked me to continue in this role of teaching pastor, so I'll be preaching most Sundays and bringing God's Word to you. Others like Pastor Jeffrey from our Marshall campus and maybe some of other staff members may fill in from time to time, but it's my pleasure to get to do what God's gifted and called me to do here, and that is to share God's Word with you uh, each week, whether we're together or doing this online. So I'm glad you're with us this morning and I uh, hope you got your welcome guide with you. There's some notes there for you, especially moms and dads, a place for you to take some notes so that later as the week progresses, you can take some of these ideas and even share them with your family as you lead your kids spiritually. But I wanna let you know also that the rest of our staff is fully functioning. And though we will comply with the mayor's mandate to shelter in place over the next few days, if you need us, you can still contact us on our cell phones by emailing us, uh, even calling the church office and, and someone will route those calls to us. We wanna be available to you and we will be to help you guys as all of us seek not only to get through this, this crazy time of the coronavirus uh, impact in our community, but also just with what we've been through as a church lately. And so I, I, we love you guys, we're glad to be with you. I wanted to also share with you after Sunday night that the majority of people in our church after, after praying and listening to the Lord Sunday night are in a good place in terms of moving forward as a church. Now, we're all grieving. This is a very, very tough time for all of us, staff and, and church. And so we're with you in that. Um, my grief works like this. I go about 30 minutes, then I cry. Something reminds me and, and, um, and I just stop and cry and, and call out to the Lord in those times. I'm sure you're having a similar experience, but but I want you to know that um, we're still here for you and we wanna get through this together and we will. And the overwhelming response of our church is that we're strong, we trust the Lord and, and our, our best days are before us and we're gonna continue to trust the Lord to, to be the church that he's called us to be, to continue to lead all people to a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So as I share with you Sunday night, the way that, that I'm getting through this personally is just to continually cast my focus onto the Lord and, and turn my eyes upon the Lord. And, and so this morning, um, I wanna share with you a passage that relates to that. And I, I wanna just stop real quick and say this though, that I think probably there's some people watching this morning that aren't always a part of what we do here at Moberly and you are more than welcome. Maybe people are watching today just out of curiosity to see how our church is gonna to respond to this tragedy that we're going through. And that's fine, we're glad you're here. You're welcome to be here and, and I hope that all of us, whether you attend Moberly actively or whether you're just here uh, to check things out this morning, I hope that this message in some way encourages your heart like it encouraged my heart as I studied it this week. It's a very familiar passage. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Psalm 23. A lot of times we think about Psalm 23 in terms of a death and certainly the, just the psalmist talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And so it's a psalm that's often read at a funeral or a memorial service, and uh, that's very fitting. But the psalm is not really about death. The psalm is about something else, and, and really it's about the Lord. And today, what I hope to do is take what I've studied this week and what the Lord's given me and communicate that to you so that it will help you keep your eyes on him and focus on his character. This psalm really is great about clarifying for all of us some specific things about who the Lord is and what he wants to do in our lives. And so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Psalm 23 this morning. And um, we're gonna read this together in just a minute. But, but I, I guess I would say this before I read the scripture this morning. 
is that the overarching idea of this message is very simple. For those of us who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, here is the very simple message. You have a shepherd. I want you to stop and think about that for just a minute. That's a powerful message. I don't, I don't know if you've thought about that personally before, but if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him, you have a shepherd and this whole Psalm is about him. It's about what he does and what he provides in our lives. And so we're gonna study that together and look at that together. So the first thing I want you to see, even before I read the Psalm, is that your shepherd is personal. Now I want us to read this together. So I'm standing out of reverence for God and his word. I'm gonna invite you at home or whether, wherever you are, maybe you're watching somewhere else this morning. I wanna invite you just to stand with your device, your Bible, whatever you have there, out of reverence for God and for his word. And, and as I read this, I want to draw your attention to the personal pronouns that are found in this Psalm. So uh, you follow along, I'm reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Version this morning. This is what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. And I'm gonna emphasize these personal pronouns because there's 18 personal pronouns in these six verses. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Now, thank you, you can be seated. It's a very personal Psalm. It was personal to David, but everything that's personal to David is also personal to us. And so I want you to see that this morning. I want you just to stop and think about this for a minute. Do you ever think of the Lord as your shepherd, your personal shepherd? Because that's what David's saying. David's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said this about himself to his disciples in John 10. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So those of us who know Jesus know that he is a shepherd, but he desires to be your shepherd. He desires to be my shepherd. And life looks very different for me, when I think of the fact that I don't have to know everything, to do everything, to guide my life, I have someone who's over my life who is my shepherd. And this morning, I hope that you can see that because personalizing that aspect of God's character, the, the, the fact that he wants to shepherd you is a very comforting thing. It's a very enriching thing in our lives. So many times we talk about the gospel as about having a personal relationship with the Lord, a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's exactly what it is. And it is personal. It is me speaking to and knowing and hearing from the God of the universe, who is Jesus Christ. And you can have that same relationship. It's not about a relationship with the church. We have a relationship with church people and people who are part of the church, certainly but this is a personal relationship with him, with your shepherd. It's not just about having a relationship with a religion. People would call Christianity a religion. And certainly we have a relationship to that, but it's not the same thing as having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. Your shepherd is personal to you. He desires to have that personal relationship. So when you think about the things that Jesus said, Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, 
hey, look, you're worried about so many things. He said, don't worry about food and clothes and all those kind of things. He said, your father has the very hairs on your head numbered. The Lord knows you personally because the number of hairs on your head are different than the number of hairs on my head. And all that means is he's communicating to us that we have value and that he knows each of us personally. I think about what David said in Psalm 139, a very familiar passage. He said this, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know about it. Lord, you encircle me. You place your hand on me. This extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It's lofty. I'm unable to reach it. You feel like that when you think about the personal knowledge that the Lord has of you? Israel was guilty of thinking sometimes that maybe God had uh, forgotten about them or that somehow the plight that they had in their life was, had escaped his notice. This is what Isaiah said in Isaiah 40. He said, Jacob, why do you say in Israel, why do you assert my way is hidden from the Lord and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know, have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. So this means that the Lord is personally aware of what we're going through right now. He's personally aware of what you're going through. And when you think about what we've been through in the last week as a church, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. And your broken heart right now is not uh, something that escapes the notice of your shepherd. He's fully aware that your heart is broken, that you're grieving, that we're all grieving. And, and though your pain may be similar to mine, there may be some unique things about your pain because of what this causes you to think back on in terms of what's already happened in your life. There may be a previous pain that this draws to the surface for you that's more raw and makes this even harder than for someone else. But the point is not your pain or my pain. The point is that you have a shepherd who's personally aware of that. He knows you. He knows what is specific to your life and specific to the pain that you're going through. And so all of us are valuable to him. All of us are known by him. He is a personal savior and a personal shepherd. And so today he'll walk with you. He'll be with you because he loves you. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is that your shepherd is personal. Second thing I want you to see is that your shepherd is a provider. David says here, the Lord is my shepherd. There, there, therefore I lack nothing. And, and some translations say, I shall not want. A, a more popular vernacular way to put that maybe just to say, I'm good. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I'm okay. Everything else may happen in my life that's negative, but, but if I know the Lord is my shepherd, that brings a certain sense of confidence and hope into my life that he's in control of everything that comes into my life and he's in control of everything that goes out of my life. And so if you think about some of these benefits and, and parents, if you're here and you're watching and you got your pen ready, I want you to write down some of these things because there's eight benefits that he mentions here generally that you could take today and all the way through next Sunday and each day you could just take one of these benefits and talk with your kids about this sometime in your, when, you're, when you have all this time to sit in your house every day or when you're eating together or uh, wherever you're at. Maybe you're going down to the park or something. And, and so it's a chance for you to visit together and lead your kids through talking about what these different benefits mean in their lives and the way that they've seen God bring about these things in their life. David says that the first benefit is rest. He said that he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's a beautiful picture. I don't know about you, but right now rest sounds really good. 
it's been a hard week and and rest just just resting just relaxing and, and the interesting thing is your shepherd wants that for you i mean he created the world and he said on the seventh day he rested he wants us to understand what sabbath means what real rest in our life means we need that rhythm in our life of stopping and resting. And that's one of the benefits that your shepherd provides for you. He wants to lead you to a place of rest, a beautiful place in your life where you simply can relax before him. And then he talks about peace. He says that he wants to lead us beside still waters. It's a beautiful picture again of just peace in your life. And, and, and yes, in the midst of chaos right now, as those of us who know we have a shepherd, we do have a sense of peace in our lives that, that does pass understanding that can actually be a light to the people in our lives who don't have that peace right now. How can we have peace in such a tumultuous time, both in our culture and the life of our church? It's a chance to let people know that because we trust in a shepherd, that we can have peace, that he leads us beside still waters. And then he talks about renewing my life, renewal, the fact that the Lord wants to renew us. He wants to restore us. I'm going to talk about this at the end of the message in just a few minutes, but it has to do with forgiving us, bringing us to a place of restoration, I love to restore things. I love to take things that are old and beaten up and kind of wrecked and restore them to like new condition. It's really satisfying to do that. Well, I like that because I've seen God do that in, in lives after life. You, you've seen that too. Take a life that you may have thought was beyond hope and yet when that person puts their trust in Jesus Christ, amazing things happen in their life. They become a completely different person, transformed as the Bible says. That's a beautiful thing to see and witness. And that's what the Lord wants to do in all of our lives. As our shepherd, he wants to renew us. And then leadership, it says that he leads us in the right paths. We can trust his leadership in our lives. That idea of not leaning on our own understanding, but acknowledging him, he'll direct our paths, the Bible says, in another place in the scripture. And so the reality is we can trust him as our shepherd to provide leadership to us. Let me ask you a simple question right now. Who's the leader of your life? You're not intended to be the leader of your life. I'm not intended to be the leader of my life. I'm responsible for my choices, certainly, and so are you. But I need a leader, and I have a leader. His name is Jesus Christ. He is my leader. He is my shepherd who provides leadership for me. And then he talks about comfort because he talks about his rod and his staff. And those ideas are about comforting the sheep, protecting them in a sense, you know, and, and warding off an enemy or an attacker with the staff. The Lord wants to comfort you in this time. I need his comfort right now. I'm sure you do too. And, and you can trust him as your shepherd to provide comfort for you. And then he talks about blessing because when he talks about blessing, he says this idea of preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies, anointing our heads with oil and, and our cups overflowing. It's this idea of perpetual blessing in our life. God wants good things for us. He wants to bring good things into our life. He's not an ogre. He's a very generous God. And when he's your shepherd, he will bless you with many good things in your life. And then promises. He promises that our life will be pursued all of our lives by goodness and faithful love. That's a promise. So I don't have to wonder if that's true. The Bible says that's clearly true because that's my shepherd. My shepherd is going to pursue me. And, and the reality is he pursues every person. So even if you don't know Jesus and you're watching this, you're not watching this by accident today. I don't believe that. You might have tuned in for a different reason this morning. But the Lord drew you here and, and he's pursuing you because he wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you like we're talking about. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your leader. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that here in just a few minutes. But for those of us who already know him, we trust him. We trust in his promises. Our peace and our hope comes from the fact that he's made good promises to us and he's kept his past promises to us. And the last thing you see as a benefit here is security. 
because he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's not a question, it's certain. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's certainty. So that gives me security that I know that even when this life ends, and it's gonna end for all of us sometime on this earth, when it ends, because I know Jesus Christ is my savior, not because I'm an American, not because I'm a Baptist, not because I'm a good person, or I try to be a good person. None of those reasons are why I can be promised that I'm gonna live with him forever. I can be promised I'm gonna live with him forever because I put my trust in him as my savior. He is my shepherd. I have that kind of relationship with him and many of you do too. So I challenge you because there's a chance here to go back and talk about these things with your kids. So let me encourage you to do that parents as you go through these. The Lord is my shepherd and so because he's my shepherd, I'm okay. I'm trusting in him. I don't know the answers to all the questions and I don't, even know how to forge forward for, for the future by myself, but because the Lord's with me and the Lord's my shepherd, I'm okay. And you are too, because we know that. So you might be feeling some sense of despair right now, some sense of, man, this is just too horrible, the news that we've endured over the last week. But I want you to know that your shepherd's still gonna provide for you. He is a good shepherd. Psalm 84:11 says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. That's the heart of your shepherd. He wants to provide for you. The third thing I want you to see this morning is obvious, but I wanna hit it because I think it matters. And that is that your shepherd is perfect. Think about that for a minute. You go, yeah, I know Jesus is perfect. He's the only perfect person that's ever walked on the face of the earth. That's right. But you have a perfect shepherd who wants to lead your life. That's an amazing thought when you think about that. What you don't see in this Psalm anywhere is failure. You don't see that because Jesus doesn't fail ever. I talked about this Sunday night that there are two themes, at least two themes that run throughout the entire Bible. One is human failure and the other is divine faithfulness. Jesus, your shepherd is faithful. He is perfect. He doesn't fail. Look at the absolutes that are in this passage. He talks about in the very first verse, because the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing that I lack, nothing. That's an absolute. He goes on to say, only goodness and faithful love will follow me. Only is an absolute. He's saying, you can trust that because it's true 100% of the time. And then he says, all the days of my life, every day. Think about all the days of your life, all the days you've lived so far and all the ones you've yet to live. He says, goodness, and he'll pursue you with goodness and faithful love. That's a promise, but it's an absolute every day. He's gonna pursue you like that because he loves you like that. That's your shepherd. Your shepherd is perfect. And so you can, you can only depend on someone perfectly who's perfect and you can depend on Jesus perfectly. So right now, when you, you may be experiencing trust issues in your life, let me point you to the only one who's worthy of our perfect trust, and that's your perfect savior. I, I had an experience similar to what we've gone through this last week in my life when I was 22 or 23 years of age. I'd been out of college for a period of time and I was serving in ministry, and a man who had mentored me and several of my peers in ministry was a, just a, a mentor of ours, a, a great man of God, he had a failure in his life and it was pretty devastating to me at the time. I'd never experienced anything like that. And, um, you know, I remember getting together with one of my friends, my best friend actually, and we began to talk about that. And it just sort of rocked all of our friends that, that knew him, that he'd had an influence on because it was an unthinkable thing. It couldn't wrap our mind around it. Couldn't reconcile who we knew him to be with what we had heard had happened in his life. And I remember several of our parents, because we were still relatively young, were concerned that it would crater our faith. And I remember thinking, no, it's not gonna rock my faith. My faith is in Jesus. And that's the thing that I've heard this week as I've talked to people. 
with what we've been through here at our church, that people are saying, my faith is in Jesus. And I love that because I understand that. People fail sometimes, but God never fails. He's a perfect shepherd. And so I want you to cast your eyes onto him. He's worthy of your trust. And then the fourth thing this morning is this, and it's so important, your shepherd is present. He's with you. He says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, the dark valley, um, I don't have any fear. Why? Why would you not have any fear? The most natural thing in the world when you go through a terrible place in your life is to be afraid. A dark valley suggests that you can't even see what's ahead of you. You can't even see how bad it's going to be or, or what's ahead of you. And yet he says, I won't fear because I'm not alone. I won't fear because I don't have to walk through this valley by myself. You're with me. That's what David's saying. David's saying, I have a shepherd who is present, always with me. So where's your shepherd right now? Where is your shepherd right now this morning? He's with you. You may say, well, I don't know. I, I don't feel him. There's, there's two questions. I've told you guys this before. There's two questions that I, at least when I started out having a quiet time, I used to ask myself all the time. I sort of think this way intuitively now, but the first question I always used to ask myself when I would start to sit down and, and meet with the Lord is where's the Lord right now? I mean, is he here or is he somewhere else doing something more important, dealing with the coronavirus or, or whatever? No, he's right here with me because he's my shepherd. He's personal, like I said before. So because he's here with me, the Bible says, if you go into your inner room and shut the door, your father who sees in secret will reward you. He sees me. He's with me. That makes that time completely different from any other time in my day. It's the most special time because it's me and my shepherd, me and my God personally. He's present. He's right there with me. He's right there with you. And it's a, it's a meaningful thing to know that. So always ask yourself that. Psalm 73, 28, the psalmist says this, the nearness of God is my good. And that's what David was saying. He was saying, man, I go through hard times, dark places in my life. The fact that I know that my shepherd's with me, that he's present, that's, that's all I need to know. That's why, again, David could say, the Lord's my shepherd. I'm okay. Even though life is not okay sometimes, like right now, I'm okay because of my shepherd and who he is. So it's not about whether you feel it. People will often talk about, I just can't feel the presence of the Lord. I used to feel the presence of the Lord or I don't sense the presence of the Lord. You don't have to. It's not about your experience with him. It's about his word. It's about the truth of his word. And he promises to be with us and to go with us. So I can face whatever I need to face in my life because I don't have to face it alone. And I can face what we're going through right now because I don't have to face it alone. And you don't either. And if you've been trying to do that, let me tell you to re redo that in your heart and life and, and start depending on him, start trusting in him because he is faithful. You know, we all experience tragedy in our lives and and we can always depend on our Savior to be with us, to walk with us through that. You guys know my story and, and what we've been through, me and my wife, in the last seven months. And I've shared this with many people. I probably shared it with some of you, but I promised the Lord I would do this. <laughs> so I'm going to do it over and over again. You're probably going to get tired of hearing it. But I know there are people who are going through valleys just like we were in a few months ago. Um, almost daily here in our church, we hear stories about people who are facing valleys with their health or with their relationships or some other form in their life. And, you know, the day that she was diagnosed, my wife was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. It was sort of all over her body. 
The first doctor that came in didn't really give us a lot of hope and it was pretty devastating news. And that day I had preached uh, from the story where Moses and Aaron took the people to Kadesh and expecting to find water and there was no water there and their sister died there and people were against them. And there were several points, but the point that when I was preparing that sermon that the Lord stuck in my heart strong was the idea that dependence always leads to provision. And I knew that before. I know that God honors faith. That's a theme of the Bible. But, but that, that absolute truth that he always provides when we depend on him was, I guess, kind of a new revelation for me. And I didn't have any idea when I preached that that morning, the news we were going to get that afternoon. But that was for me. <laughs> I realize some of you may have benefited from that as well. But, but the Lord needed that truth galvanized. I needed that truth galvanized in my heart from the Lord for the next few months. Because what we decided to do about day two, once the shock of the news came to us, was two things. We said, you know what, Lord, you've, you've trusted us with this sickness. And so, you know, whether this ends my wife's life early, in my opinion, or whether she lives on, we, you still trusted us with this to glorify you in the midst of it. Because even if her life ends now, we know she'll be with you forever, and then I will ultimately. And so, so the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to be okay either way. But, Lord, we're going to try to give you glory through this. And the second thing was we're going to start looking for your provision in our life. We're going to start trying to watch and see where you've provided for us. And you know what's been amazing is to trace that, to track that. Because what that does is it, it just builds up your faith and your trust in him. So I would, I would challenge all of you right now as a church to begin to look for his provision through all the darkness that we're going through right now. Because I promise you, you'll see provision when you start to look for it. As you depend on him, he honors that faith and trust. He will give you provision in your life in lots of different ways. It, it may not be material things. And right now you may say, well, I don't even have a job. I, I can't even work right now. So how's he gonna provide for me? Look for the blessing of the Lord in your life because it will come in other ways. And it may come monetarily, it may come in material things, but, but spiritual blessings are probably all around you if you start to look for his provision in your life. So I wanna encourage you because your shepherd will do that. He's present with you and he's going to bring those things into your life. And then last this morning, your shepherd is permanent. And that is probably the best news of all. You can't mess up this relationship with your shepherd because you didn't initiate it. He did. He loves you. He pursued you. The Bible says, David says here that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Some translations say forever. And that's really the idea. David's saying, there's no better blessing in my life than to get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I got to go to Israel several years ago, and my favorite part of the trip was to be at the Temple Mount, the, the, the enormity of the Temple Mount. And of course, there's no temple there now. There's a mosque there. But when there was a temple there, the back wall, which is called the Western Wall, the back wall would have been the back wall of the, of the temple. And the back wall was essentially the back wall of the Holy of Holies, where the presence of the Lord was manifest. Now that doesn't mean that God was only present in the temple and nowhere else in the world because God's omnipresent, but the manifestation of his presence was there. And Israel knew that. They knew they could go to Jerusalem and that there was a manifestation of the presence of the Lord there. So now because it's a mosque and it's a desecrated site in Jewish, in Jewish thinking, and it is, Jews are not even allowed to go up on the temple mount. So they go to the back of the bottom of the wall, the Western wall, which is the back wall of essentially where the Holy of Holies would have been up on the mount because it's the physically, it's the closest place that they can get to the, what, where they knew the last place of the presence of the Lord was manifest. That's essentially why they wanna to go to the Western Wall and the Wailing Wall, as it's called, and put 
you know, fold up prayers and put them in that wall because that's the, that's the last place they knew that the presence of the Lord was manifest. Well, here's the great news for those of us who have a shepherd named Jesus Christ is he's with us and he's permanent. It doesn't matter if a building comes or goes, he's permanent in our lives. He's not temporary, he's not conditional. Even when we sin, he's still our shepherd. He still loves us and he wants to restore us. And so think about what he said to his disciples. The very last thing he said to them was he said, hey, I'm with you always. I'm leaving, but I'm still gonna be with you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. In Hebrews, he says this, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So your shepherd is permanent. And that means if he's permanent, he's with you right now through all the trials that we're facing. He's never going to leave you. He's going to stay with you all the times of your life. And I don't know about you, but I love that because God desires to have a forever relationship with you. Not a temporary relationship. Certainly he wants a relationship with you right now, but that's not intended to only last while you're on earth. It's intended to go all the way through eternity. He loves you forever. He wants to be your shepherd forever. And I said a minute ago that, that life on earth is precious, you know, and this virus, the thing that scares us about it is it, it's threatening life. It, it may threaten the life of someone we know. So we're being very careful right now because life is precious. But I have to tell you that life on this earth is not all there is. You're going to live on after you leave this earth in one or two places, heaven or hell. Yeah, hell's a reality, it is. It's a terrible, horrible place. And, and none of us who know Jesus want anybody to go there. And I don't want you to go there. But you're not gonna go to heaven unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because there's no other way for your sin to be forgiven. The only way that your sin can be forgiven is to put your trust in the only perfect person who ever lived, and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's, of God's glory but he says he demonstrates his love for us and that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why Christ came to die. And then in just a couple of weeks, we're gonna celebrate his resurrection because he didn't stay dead. Because he's perfect, he rose again. And he's still alive today and he'll be alive forever. So he's your permanent shepherd, if you know him. Jesus said this about people. He said, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion on them because they were worried and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So this morning, I just got a simple question for you as we close this out. Who is your shepherd? Do you have a shepherd? Do you have a leader in your life? Is Jesus your shepherd? Because if he is, you can make it through anything that comes your way in life. If he's not, this morning, I wanna give you a chance to do what I did when I was 15, almost 16 years of age, and that is put your trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus said about himself that I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He said, no one can come to the Father unless he comes through me. That's very exclusive, but that's what Jesus said. That's what the leader of my life, that's what my shepherd said. He said, there's only one way, and he is the only way to get to God. So if you're thinking that you can have a relationship with God because you're good or you're moral or you're not as bad as someone else, or you go to church occasionally, or you give money to charities, all those things are fine, but none of those things are sufficient to save you. The only way that you can be saved is to call upon the name of the Lord to save you. And this morning, what I would like to do is lead you in a prayer of salvation. Now, prayers don't save people. What saves you is your desire to put your trust in Jesus Christ. But that's the most, the most tangible way to express your trust is by doing what Paul said in Romans 10, 13. That's calling on his name. 
So I'm going to ask everyone, if you're watching this, I'm just going to ask you if you're already a believer to pray. You can pray out loud. We could have people praying all over East Texas, all over the world who are watching this right now for people who won't only see this live, but may see it later, who are watching this and are at a moment of decision. And so if that's you this morning and you're at a moment of decision, I want to lead you in a simple prayer of salvation where you're saying to God, I'm turning my back on the way that I've lived to this point in my life. I'm turning my back on self-reliance. I'm turning my back on relying on anything to get me to heaven. The only thing I'm going to rely on is you, Jesus. I'm going to put my trust fully in you. That's what this is today. That's what salvation means is to put your trust in him alone. And so would you bow with me and pray this simple prayer from your heart? The Lord will honor this. If you're sincere, he knows your heart and you do too. So you can pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord in heaven, I am sorry for the sin in my life. I know that I've offended you in multiple ways for years, and I'm sorry for that. I reject that. I turn my back on that. What I want, Lord, is for you to forgive me. What I want, Lord, is for you to save me. I want you to be my savior. Would you come into my life and save me right now? I need a shepherd and I want you to shepherd me for the rest of my life all the way through eternity. I want Jesus today and I I wanna live for you and I wanna now tell other people about you and what you can do in their lives as well. And I pray these things in your strong name, the name of Jesus. Amen.